Hi, Patrick. Hi, SpongeBob. What are you doing? I'm listening to Hook, Line, and Smiley. It's been a little long day. Don't get in my way. It's time to have a little fun. Everybody say, whoa! I thought you bought, like, some really expensive cheese, like Limburg cheese or something that had a note to it, but it turned out to just be expired Swiss cheese. Mm. So really regretted that. Welcome to Hookalon and Smiley. We want to thank Mac Powell and the Family Reunion for our intro music and the inspiration behind our Woo Moments of the Week. I am comedian Bob Smiley, and taking a sip of her tea is my beautiful, talented, amazing, caring, what was the other one you said to say? Uh, thought-provoking Sarah Smiley. <gasps> See? Guys, she's giving you. She's that was giving the crowd. You. That was a crowd going wild. Oh, that was a crowd going wild. Yeah, I'm so used to not having a response now. <laughs> I did a podcast interview yesterday, and the guy introduced me, and he was like, "You like, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. Let's welcome Bob Smiley." And it was Facebook Live as well. And he's like, and then there was just dead silence, and I was like, that normally would feel awkward, but now because of Zoom comedy shows and. Mm-hmm. Just distance and like I'm kind of used to life and life. Just we don't clap for you anymore because you don't leave. Yeah, so you can't come home because I used to leave and you, come back. Yeah, and you bring you guys, in your suitcase and we're like, "Yay, Daddy's home!" Yeah. No, you would. What would you say? Yay, the merch bag is home. Let's open it up and see what is missing. What Santa Bob brought us? <laughs> no, like where's the toilet paper? <laughs> I did get a roll of toilet paper this week. That is so exciting. Is I that your woo moment? Did a, it's not my woo moment, but it probably, it's in the list of it. Mm. It's a it's a small woo. Mm-hmm. But I did a show up in East Texas, which seems to be the only place I'm going to play the rest of my life. That's your people. That's my people. I'm going this weekend to Palestine, Texas, mm-hmm. to do a show. And this actually will come out before that, which is weird since we're doing this podcast Saturday night like we do all the time. So crazy how that works. Yeah. How's your Tuesday morning going? It's fantastic. (laughs) Uh, I'm sorry. How's your Tuesday afternoon going? (laughs) (laughs) We're not to the afternoon Guys, we are so trying to get this out every single week to you guys and get good quality, but it's... It's going to be good quality, but... Oh, it's going to be great. Let's just admit and go ahead and feed into woo moments. School started this week. Last yeah. week, technically. Right. This week, for real. And you're starting a new teaching position. I'm working this week a lot, and so it's been a little chaotic. I just... Sitting down in a... Sitting down, it would be an accomplishment. Much less sitting down in a microphone with you alone in a room. Like, if that happens, we're not podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much going on, and I just got to Challenger 2 level in Class Royale. Mm. And so there's, you know, four hours a Are day. Are you stressed out, baby? I, I am. I just Gosh. don't know how I'm going to go on. But I do have a show in Palestine, Texas. I was in Fruitvale. I Which was is in... not near San Antonio. Can we just let the yeah. listeners know? <laughs> Are we going to go? Okay, every once in a while, I realize that I am not good at... Uh... See, I say the joke on stage, I'm not mm-hmm. good at geometry so much that now I don't know what the real word geography. is. Geography. I'm not good at geography. Mm-hmm. And Did you notice I changed the calendar? No. Oh, yeah, Cause, I did. Because we keep, so Bob keeps a calendar. We live by our uh, iCloud calendars together. We Not have one that we share. Yeah. And then we have his comedy calendar. We have a kid schedule calendar. So we can 
sync each other on our phones and everything. Know where everybody's going to be. And we live by that. Yeah. And your comedy calendar has said San Antonio for months. All right. Well, let me set weekend, it up. And it's not anywhere so, near San Antonio. Oh, you're going to Quentin Tarantino this mm-hmm. story. You're going to give the ending at the beginning mm-hmm. and then we'll go back and mm-hmm. dissect it. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. You look great, by the way. Thanks, baby. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you like these pajamas? I'm saying, I where do you find footy pajamas <laughs> nowadays? I had a uncle that was a mortician. H-E-B does not kick you out for wearing these, FYI. <laughs> yeah. Who, it's no, considered PPE. <laughs> <laughs> as, long as, you, as long as you have your yeah, mask on, you can pretty much wear mm-hmm. or not wear anything. The bunny ears are protecting me. I don't want to hear anything about it. I... <laughs> I had a uncle that was a mortician, and he gave me pajamas that were footy pajamas with a toe tag. Mm. Come on, that's a really good joke. But um, bump. Thank you. A friend of mine named Adrian, mm. who's a comedian, but he's also a youth pastor and has lived in San Antonio for years, texted me, and he's like, bro, can you do my fundraiser for my youth group? Mm. And I did what I do every time I get a show offer. I just said yes blindly. Right. Because I am taking every single thing. Shout out to all your churches. By the way, if you're listening, go to your church and tell them that I've been preaching a lot lately so I can come in. I can do a Saturday night show. Stay over. I'll give your pastor a break and I will preach Sunday morning. It'll be kind of kind of comedy, a lot of scripture, a lot of it's like Bob Smiley decal. He can stay till Monday, he can <laughs> mow your yard. I will I will He can stay till Tuesday, he can pressure wash your driveway. I mean just whatever. Just Okay, you want to know how desperate I am? Put it in the contract. <laughs> I got to I got to Don't ask him to cook though. <laughs> We're cooking on here already. This is going to be a good one. Good podcast. No, I I got to Woodville. Mm-hmm. Last this last weekend, which is where I was, East Texas. Hold on, I'm having a squirrel moment. You know, every town you've mentioned, every gig you've had ends in Ville or Vell. That's your sign. You know what if I'm also your, noticing? If your tour calendar is full of Vills and Vales, <laughs> you are hopping. <laughs> yeah, sadly, I'm not playing like Vell, Colorado. It's Fruit Vale. Oh no, these are the endings. <laughs> these are suffixes. You, okay, something else that just popped in my brain is that uh, not only am I playing everything that has Vale or Veal, mm-hmm. also I was not in Woodville. <laughs> so I am not ever getting the right cities Mm-mm. because the guy told me, because they have two churches, and he said, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, hey, we're located around Woodville. But then whenever I started looking at it, it was actually like Brooklyn, mm. Brookland, Brokeland or something like that. It's Brokeland, Brokeland. now. Because I got there and they didn't have money There's for merch. There's another big... There's another big if it ends in land. Mm-hmm. <laughs> land, Ville, Vell. I need to throw some fields in there. <laughs> Springfield. <laughs> That's too big. Yeah. That's too big. If it's got an airport, we're out. <laughs> so this is how desperate I am to make money. I got to Woodville, mm. which actually turned out to be Brooklyn, Texas, in mm-hmm. East Texas. Mm-hmm. And I got there early because I was like, you know what? I'm going to Uber Eats drive. I'm going to turn on my app and I'm going <laughs> to... See if I can make an extra 50 bucks Mm -hmm. while I'm Mm -hmm. out on the road. Mm -hmm. And I got there and town was a little smaller than I thought. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nobody was ordering anything from the Dollar General Mm -hmm. uh, or I forget the name of the gas station. But those were the two options. <laughs> that, and so I got there and I was like, all right, let me open up my app. And I started looking around. And I was like, your Uber Eats oh. app is like, where the heck are you? <laughs> yeah. I was like, it we would don't be, even have signal here. It'd be so funny if I got an order for like, I need a pop socket 
and some kid boxing gloves and a tube of toothpaste from Dollar General. A nine iron. Yeah. And a buffalo stuffed or live, preferably so, stuffed. So the town was too For small. For safety's sake. <laughs> What's that quote from? Say it again. I'm doing the movie quote this time. I'm impressed. I need a nine iron and a buffalo live or stuffed, preferably stuffed for safety's sake. Is it from Caddyshack? It is not. Oh, have I seen this movie? You've seen it. Is it a comedy? It is a comedy. It has to be with a line mm-hmm. like that. Okay. If y'all um, know what it is, give email me, us. Well, give me a couple smiley. more hints. No, what's, what's, we're going to let the viewers, like you do it. Okay, but let me ask your quote. two questions to no. narrow it down. Mm-mm. What's the name of the movie and who said it? Just give us that. Nope. <laughs> you're always doing this. You're always doing quotes and you're asking like, Viewers to, I mean, listeners, not viewers. I hope y'all aren't viewing this. Yeah, we really <laughs> hope you're not viewing this. Although you look great. You look really listeners great. Listeners, thanks. I brush my teeth. Listeners to email us. Do you the brush movie. all of them? Well, the front. You were in there pretty quick. The front top. Okay. <laughs> Prioritize. <laughs> you're the, you are, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. So anyway, welcome to Hook, Line, and <laughs> So, back to my story. We weren't going... Okay, one more story because we were going to stay on track today. We are. And we're doing okay. great so far. Go ahead. No, no, no. I want to say what you're going to say. Story. No, because you, you lit up. You were glowing. But we'll talk about the reason why you're glowing <laughs> later. Go ahead. No, you were finishing a story. No, you said one more squirrel moment. That was it. Was what? What was it? I see, I, you said you brushed the front of your teeth and I <laughs> said... And then you said one more squirrel moment. I just was feeling like I needed some almonds. I don't know. What was a squirrel? <laughs> See, here's what's funny. is people think mm. that I am the random, like, off-topic weirdo in the you family. Are. And it's not <laughs> even close. You are. You're random and off-topic. I just, my brain is exploding with stuff all the time. Watch this professionalism right now. That I can't. Sit back. Anyway, back to my story about Adrian, my friend who's a comedian slash youth minister. He's lived in San Antonio forever. He texted me. Boom. Who's professional today? Bingo. It's Keep me. going. Run with it. He was like, can you come do our fundraiser? I was like, yeah. He told me the date, uh, which is this weekend. The, Are you sure? Yeah. It was like the 21st <laughs> or whatever it is. Uh-huh, it's the 21st. Uh, 21st. And I was like, absolutely. And I looked and we don't have your kids. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we can go to San Antonio. We'll do the show. Then we can do the river walk the next so day. It was so sweet and romantic. I was super excited. I called uh, the hotel. Yesterday. Yesterday. And was going to extend the day. We're and five surprise days out. you <laughs> that uh, <laughs> we are five days out. Well, this booked like a month ago. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if we'd still be together. So <laughs> I didn't. You didn't know if you wanted to spend the whole weekend with I me. I didn't. It Trap. Is, you got to admit it's in touch and go. No, it sometimes. is. It's very touch. It is, and yeah. And some go. Some go. Got a little go this morning. We got a little <laughs> little giddy up in our step. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, you called the hotel. You know what's great is <laughs> coffee is no longer my favorite <laughs> thing to wake up for. Anyway, uh, so I called the hotel. And I said, hey, I want to extend the stay because my wife and I really want to, you know, just kind of have a, mm-hmm. a last hoorah vacation mm-hmm. and look around the town. And the guy was like, okay. And uh, I was <laughs> like, well, that's not a b- very receptive. Yeah. But, you know, oh, well. It's your so, hometown, buddy. You yeah, should be proud. He should be proud. And San Antonio, come on. The Alamo and. Queso. They have the Alamo. Margaritas. They have uh, the Riverwalk. Mexican food. <laughs> 
this is this is our importance to each other, mm-hmm. like what we're saying. So uh, the Alamo and queso are of equally weighted importance to me. I think if they would have had the queso that we have now back in the Alamo, I think they wouldn't have fought. I think they would. That's have what all, they were fighting over. You think they were fighting yes. over the recipe? Santa Ana had some serious picante, and they were like, "That's ours." I think if Davy Crockett would have just filled that coonskin cap up with queso and just brought it out, mm-hmm. we'd all. Be- and then Santa Ana could have brought the chips. Yeah, yeah. And all would have been good. It would have been fine. Man, we could have saved a lot of lives. So back (sighs) to my story. I call a book. They send me the confirmation that I've extended the day. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I'm putting the address in the calendar, and I'm like, Palestine? (laughs) That's got to be maybe, maybe it's a suburb. A northern suburb of San Antonio. and it is. It's a north Eastern suburb, and you were at your parent-teacher meeting at your new school, mm-hmm. and you were very excited about us getting a weekend away mm-hmm. from the kids and all this. And I googled or I GPSed Palestine, <laughs> and I saw that that little—you know how it does a little blue line showing you where you're going? Yes. I was like, "No, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> no, go west, young man. Go west." And it just shot straight up to East Texas, which is where my career lives. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I called him and I was like, mm, that's why you? he was confused. I was like, are you not in San Antonio anymore? And he was like, no, bro, I moved to I moved to Palestine. Uh, are we still on for the gig? <laughs> like he thought I was going to cancel because of it. And I was like, no, we're still on. Mm. And I was like, I'm just traveling alone. <laughs> yeah, I'll just be by myself now. We, but I, I told him, I was like, oh, I thought, like, I, one of the reasons why I was excited about the gig was I was going to take Sarah to San Antonio and we would hang out and, you know, I wanted to be able to see the, the day. Well, here's what's weird. I texted him and said, hey, I'm going to extend the hotel an extra day, but I'll pay for it because we, we want to, you know, just hang out and see the town. And he just texted back like, okay, question mark. And I didn't even pick up on the question mark. And then he goes, yeah, when you said that. I was thinking, you could see Palestine. You need about 33 minutes to, to exp- explore the town. So uh, we are going to Palestine He's this like, weekend. But this is what's scary to me is that you said, I want to take an extra night and, you know, day and spend some, you know, romantic, you know, one-on-one time with Sarah there. Mm-hmm. And he didn't skip a beat. He thought that was Bob Smiley style to do that in Palestine. Like, Seriously? Since we're transparent on this podcast, I did think, oh, I just saved probably 70 bucks in eating out. Because. Oh, you haven't seen me eat queso in Palestine. (laughs) Wait, they don't have queso at a subway. Oh, oh, oh. we will find some. I'm going to. I'm going to break the bank on Dr. Pepper and queso this weekend. So. I bet they, they'll have D- Dr. Pepper the dilly dip, but they probably are not going to have queso. If you're near Palestine, tell us where to eat. <laughs> Send us a message on Hookline and Smiley Instagram. What are the chances that one of the 48 people that live there <laughs> listen to our podcast? Oh, I bet we have a plethora. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun. Of so, East Texas Yeah, fans. come out and, and see us. Uh, does that... Is that did I cover any of your woo or poo moments? Because I know I've been doing that a lot lately. You didn't. You didn't. My woo moment is that school is starting. Consequently, that's also my poo moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, my woo moment is that school has started uh, for all of our children, mm-hmm. uh, and I am very, very grateful that we get to do you know kind of what's best for each one of them. I know that we're all remote learning right now, but 
some of them will hopefully, God willing, go back to school <laughs> uh, next month. But Dylan's going to stay home and do homeschooling. And like, I'm just really, what? I'm just really grateful. What? I'm about to say something sweet. Don't ruin it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm really grateful that like I have a partner that not only wants to do what's best for, you know, his own kids, but for his bonus kids. And you're hinting at the difficulty that might beset us <laughs> as we are home with our 14 year old, but it really is what's best for him. And you kind of initiated that conversation early in the summer and we've discussed it and weighed all our options and figured out a pretty good in between where it's not completely on our shoulders, but he has the freedom to get his work done, take some breaks. It's just going to work for him. So I'm super excited about that. It was a huge process to get him approved and get everything in and work through all that. And we got finalization for that on Friday. So. Yeah, because we were worried they were going to look at uh, his background history <laughs> and then he wouldn't be accepted. Uh, okay, all joking aside, mm. though, it was like I do feel a partnership with you because we both knew that it was going to be best for him not, not to be you know, put in that environment of school and mm -hmm. already there were problems. And so like I did bring it up. I was like, I, we need, you know, to homeschool him. I think it's best. And you were like, oh, had already been thinking about it, but here's where the partnership came in. So I, I was all for it, but you did the research. Like you found some school that was perfect. And by perfect, I mean, would accept him <laughs> and you, but it, it really is a, a, you found the best program that is going to set not only him up for a win, but set us up, I think, uh, to be the best parents to help him through all that. Yeah, and he's actually a really good student. Like, he's, as far as intelligence, like, he's very, very intelligent. He's just used that intelligence to skim by. So <laughs> this this next year was going to be really crucial for him to set up some habits that, you know, high school, it starts counting. You right. know, nobody's going to ask you what you made on geography in sixth grade, but... High school counts, so this is just going to help him take some ownership of his own work and not be distracted by some of the nuances of public high school. Yeah, like we've stressed how your permanent record follows you around mm -hmm. forever. Even when I signed up for Uber Eats Drive, they asked me if I, because I skipped out on sixth grade uh, dodgeball one day. Like I just skipped class. And it is on your permanent mm. record. Now, did, did your parents tell you that? You were they, homeschooled, so you didn't have a permanent you, record. Oh, I had a permanent record. <laughs> they started counting since I was like four. Yours actually probably pops up more than, than mine, but my parents told me that there was some permanent record that followed you all your life. Imagine having the same principal and the same teacher your whole life. Yeah, but that's, yours was all in the house. That's so following you. That is. <laughs> They don't even have to go to files. At least, yeah, at least when you go to school every year as a public school kid, it's like fresh batch of teachers. You can make a new impression. Yeah. I just went downstairs and my mom's like, you again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought I had you last year. <laughs> I, did, I, did I hold you back? <laughs> yes, in more ways than you know, Let's mom. Let's get that clip test out. <laughs> get you through some grades. Yeah. Get you out of this house. If, if you if you went down to the kitchen and your mom wasn't there, did you get a walk? <laughs> <laughs> like if she didn't show up for the first fifteen minutes of class, I'm you got sure a walk. My younger siblings would do that, but I was very studious. Like I loved learning and I loved school, so I would just get started. I would teach, just start. I'd teach myself. <laughs> my other siblings, they would be gone. Like Casey, be building a boat somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Garrett would be 
Reprogramming Chasing crickets. A, yeah, yeah, I don't know what he'd be doing. Oh, good, that's cool. Good childhood. Okay, so my other woo moment, it kind of, we already mentioned it, but just marriage. Like, there's just been so mm. many times this week that I've just been super grateful to be married. Like, you're just, we're in a good spot right now, and I don't, I tend to be a pessimist about things, so I'm like, oh, great, when is our next fight coming? <laughs> but, like, we really have just, like, moved through some difficult days as far as reestablishing Eating and sleeping patterns and, you know, with the kids and waking up, getting stuff done and me leaving the house and you taking over and you leaving the house, me taking over, like just kind of, you know, dividing and conquering a little bit, but then just touching base throughout the day with each other and taking those little moments, even just to kiss and hug and be like, okay, I see you, you know, yeah in the midst of all this. And I felt like we, we took the first year to build a machine that we could turn on and it would run really well. Mm-hmm. And so we were building with like, oh, no, this has to go here. This needs to be plugged in over here like this. And I feel like now the machine's built. Like we've established rules. We've established kind of how we do things. We've gotten to know each other very, very intimately. Which we're going to get into. And yes. And then now we flip the switch to turn the machine on and now it's starting to run. And it's, it's still going to need maintenance and still going to need, you know, to have tune-ups and stuff. But uh, we we definitely have a I think a pretty good machine running here at the house. Well, and I feel like the more that you and I get to know each other, and we find I mean, let's just be honest, we've been through some pretty traumatic circumstances that involve trust and where we find our identity and our love, and we can get into that in a little bit. But like the more that we are secure in our own faith walks and just being willing to grow and change on our own it just makes us stronger as a couple so i like i can step back and just see like god doing really really cool things in your life and in your heart and that makes me love you and trust you even more because i'm not in charge of that all right that's all god god is so i just think the closer that we get to him the more christ-like we become our marriage is going to automatically be better and relationships with our kids you know things like that so I'm just grateful. Yeah, I really feel like we're maturing and stuff. Anyway, my woo moment is I got to talk about PP on stage. <laughs> so, is that a bad segue? What? Is that bad? <laughs> what are you talking about? You're sitting here saying the most beautiful things, and I'm looking at my woo moment, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be... Wah, wah. But I did a show out in like Brooklyn, Woodville, and it was all hunters. And I walked into the church. It was it was called Church in the Country. And I walked in. I, I think I sent you a video, but it was like mounted deer heads all over the place. Uh, they had mounted a gar, which I'd never seen. <laughs> a gar is kind of a trash fish. I mean, they're cool looking, but I've never like seen. like an eel, kind of. Like it's a like big, an eel with eel. a big, sharp beak mm-hmm. that has a, like razor Lots sharp teeth. teeth. Like I, I used to uh, catch them. In the creek, to me, it looks a house. little prehistoric. Like it's very that prehistoric. Didn't all the way evolve, you know. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, something. If you're little... a Pokemon Go fan, uh, it hadn't been evolved or powered up. <laughs> it's still like a dork fish. <laughs> and, but they they had that. But anyway, it's super nice. But it was they were all like, and it was a men's event the Saturday night before I preached the next morning, mm-hmm. and I got to tell all these hunting bits. And one of the my favorite bits is I took one of my kids hunting. And I never get to tell this on stage because it's a little crass, mm-hmm. but I'm going to tell it here. 
is you don't want deer to smell you, so you can buy little bottles of uh, urine, like deer urine, which do, doe urine. Bob is now making himself for more money. <laughs> which I am, yes, I am. I'm. He's catching. learned a way to eat that turns his the molecular systems of his own urine into the same as deer urine, and we are now bottling it and selling. I it. wish I could do that because it's so. If you're interested, bobsmiley.com. You can buy it by the ounce or the gallon. Yeah. Depending on how much water he's drank that week. Uh, it's called. <laughs> we have to call it Bob P. We were gonna. What is wrong with me? Huh? What is you had a good morning. You had a really good morning, so you're a little giddy. Oh, my goodness. Tell your story. I was going to make a story that... I was going to make a story. I was going to make a joke about that we couldn't call it Bob P because the initials are BP and then uh, the petroleum company mm-hmm. was going to sue us, but we... No, I and I, that's a great question. Like, how do they get the deer urine? Like, do they put a bucket under them and scare them? <laughs> Boo! <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be rich. <laughs> but when you but when you pee scared, it's like a little bit. When you pee relaxed, it's like a lot. <laughs> really? <laughs> if you're going to laugh this much, I'm laugh out. in. I'm out. <laughs> Sarah I'm will gonna... now sleep quietly for four hours. And <laughs> I'm going I'm to go get some more tea. <laughs> but. Your story. So I was in the deer stand with one of my sons. We have and to cut all of that. The sun came up. The the real sun, not my mm-hmm. son. My son was sitting there, and there was a little bottle of, uh, but it it's it's a spray bottle. Mm-hmm. And my son turned to me. This is a true story. He turned to me and he was like, "Hey, hand me some of that breast spray." And I was like, "I've never been more tempted in my life." And so. I told that story and I, cause I never get to tell like hunting stories cause mm-hmm. people get offended and all that kind of stuff. And they were eating that up. And I was doing all this jokes about why do we wear a camo, you know, because we're sitting in a big box blind so they can't, you know, deer can't see in there. So mm-hmm. why? And then one guy was like, uh, you wear the camo. So they, you know, they think you're a tree when you're going to the deer stand. And I was like, so they think you're a moving tree, like a moving That's bush. not scary at all. Yeah. And I was like, what if, if, do I, if I start crying, do they think I'm a weeping willow? And you know, I, like I got, I got to do all this. Ba-dum-bum. Yeah. But it was just, it was great to be in a crowd of people where I wasn't worried about offending people. I could just, well, yeah. honey, East Texas is the place for you. Yeah, well, and that's evidently where I'm going to be the next <laughs> I'm going months. to San Antonio. <laughs> Bob will be in East Texas. But that's my woo moment is I got to, you know, do a show for a really good group of guys. And, you know, it was just, it was fun. It was free. <laughs> I was going to say it was freeing, but it also was a free show. So <laughs> I sold merch. For a love offering? Yeah, what about poo moments? Have you noticed that love offerings don't have a lot of love? Not a lot of love. Mm-mm. Not a lot of love at all. No. I will. Oh, I want to tell a story about how God, because God does bless us, and He's He is taking. Tell care the of story us. about Memphis. So I was in Memphis, and it's the only time I had to cancel a show. Uh, Northwest Airlines. Uh, no. What? That's not the story. What, what story? were you going to tell? What story were you going to tell? How uh, this coffee shop had been after me to do a love offering forever in in here in the woodlands. And it was when I was like on tour all the time and I was, you know, doing three, four shows a week. Yeah, I had an actual job. Mm -hmm. And this guy was nice, but he kept just going, hey, will you come on a Wednesday night and just do this coffee house? And I was like, man, when I'm home, I don't want to go work for free because it was a love (laughs) offering thing. He's like, it's a love offering. Now he does. Now I will. Now he does, guys. Yes. And I don't even care if there's love. I just need an offering. It could be 
slight disdain, and he will still show yes. up. <laughs> a disdain offering. <laughs> yeah. Pity. A pity offering. We'll I, take it. <laughs> I like the sound of coins hitting the bucket, but money that folds sounds more beautiful to my ears. Uh, well, there's a change shortage. They need to give us bills. Yeah. So this anyway, this guy just kept after me, and finally I was like, and I I hit a month that you I you were didn't, like what? Well, I, you I didn't finish your sentence. You know, I I, I don't mind been, helping people okay. out if it's but ah, <laughs> but if I'm if I'm on the road all the time when I'm home, I don't want to go out and do a free show and miss an evening where I could be hanging out with my family. With but, this piece of delight right here. That's right. Huge piece of delight. Huge? Well, I'm talking about your aura. Bob Smiley. Your, your aura that fills the room. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Tell your story. You're going to need a blessing. Anyway, I am. I, I finally hit a month where I only had like four shows. And so the guy hit me up again, and I was like, okay. And so I went to do the love offering. And actually, the four shows, like, and we had just bought something where we weren't in debt but we were you know close like we needed we needed money and i went and did the love offering uh for the you know show for the love offering this is before i existed yeah this was this is yeah this is p.s this mm-hmm. is pre-sarah mm-hmm. and i go and it's on a wednesday night so i'm already missing my church i'm you know trying to get a good attitude it's not making me any money i go there there's only about 15 20 people there and but after so the show, usual. yeah, so the usual show now. So afterwards, this father comes up and he had brought his son and he was like, man, I just want to thank you because my son's a teenager and we're having huge problems with him. And, uh, you know, we we don't agree on anything except we mm-hmm. like your comedy. Aww. And he said, when we heard that you were going to play at this coffee house, we couldn't believe it. It was going to be kind of like a little private show. We started going back and listening to all your stuff. We were laughing together. So the past two weeks, you have really helped bond with my son, me with my son. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to thank you. And I was like, you know what? Okay, that was worth it. Like God, I, I didn't want to do it, but I showed up and I, like I felt like God blessed this father-son through me. And so I was like, okay, they, sometimes it's not about money. Sometimes it's not about you know me. It's just about God. Wait, say that this. again? It's not about me. And, and before that? I don't really want to say it. It hurt. It, like my throat got real all scratchy. And stuff. It's it was like, not about. So it's not I'm getting about. Ready to leave. I'm getting ready to leave the mm. coffee house, and they didn't even do a love offering like a traditional one. They just had a bucket at the back, and <laughs> so for deer pee. For deer pee, yeah. They <laughs> that was the love offering. You brought your your pet deer in, and then scared him. That's how it happened. And right before I left, the owner of the coffee shop was like, "Hey, don't forget your love offering." And I was like, okay. So I walk over, and it's just, it's so, just a couple of bills. And so I grab them, and I just put them in my pocket, and I drive home. And I'm like talking, and I'm like, you know, how's the show? Did you sell anything? Which was my normal question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, how much money did you make? And I was like, oh, I, I didn't even set up because there were so small of people. And, uh, but I did, I got a love offering, and she was like, how much you make? And so I pulled him, like, the stuff out of my pocket. And to I, count it for the first to time. To count it for the first time. And there were seven $100 bills in there. What? Yeah, seven $100 bills. And it had to be from that dad. Like, that dad had to have done that. Like, I couldn't believe it. Oh, my goodness. So, 
And it was at a time so where... So Bob will work for a love offering. <laughs> I will work for a love offering at a coffee shop where dads need to bond with their sons and are rich. But honestly, that we don't even know that he's rich. Like, what mm-hmm. if God just moved on his heart to be generous? Like, honestly, that's why following God's prompting and being obedient is so important. Because we don't... He's doing what he's doing despite us. Right. And if we're not in the spirit, we're not doing what he's asking us to do or we're not sensitive to that we're doing our own agenda if you'd said no i'm not going to do it i only take shows i'm going to make you know and, and hadn't given that a chance it's not that you would have just missed out on the money you would have missed out on what god wanted to invite you into that's exactly he would have right. used somebody else right he would have done something else and used somebody else to accomplish that purpose mm-hmm. in their lives but like you got to be a part of that and you got to be blessed even if the money hadn't been in the bucket like I you would have been a part of what God was doing and that's huge like I left that coffee shop I had the money in my pocket I had no idea what was in my pocket I left like fired up of like oh God used me to help mend this father-son relationship like I already had received a huge blessing from God just uh, like you said being being a part of what God was doing that night already. That was the blessing. And then there was a bonus. Yeah. And sometimes just like as an encouragement, it's not a right away thing. Like we need to be faithful and we need to be obedient. Sometimes it's not, we're not going to get that payout. Right. Literally or figuratively. We're not going to see the fruit, Mm -hmm. you know, right away. Or even I'm thinking about parenting too. Like, right. So I just, yeah, I, I just wanted to like stuff we're doing now for our kids. We probably won't see the benefit until they're grown and out and, you know, doing life on their own. Like, seriously, yeah, yeah, hopefully. hopefully. Uh, But that was, yeah, that was kind of a cool deal. So that's a good story. Where were we on poo moments? Yeah. So do you have a poo moment? Waking up early. Oh, yeah. My clock is paid off this morning. We are in teenager mode. This summer and quarantine, and so we stay up really late and we sleep in. It sounds lazy, but our days are probably longer than people that get up at 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah. We just, you know, when you start at 8 and then stay up until midnight, 2 o'clock, it's just a really long day. So I'm kind of, it is a, even though it's a poo moment, I'm kind of glad for it. I like, we, we set our alarms, we drink our coffee and tea, and then we get the kids up. And so it's been kind of a nice way to start the day. Next week. At 5 a.m., I won't feel so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> excited. Um, and then also my other poo moment is that I don't get to go to San Antonio this weekend. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Super bummed about that. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe on our first anniversary. I really blame Adrian. In October? For moving and not telling me. Our pre-anniversary in October, you think? Oh, uh, yeah. You want to go to San Antonio? Yeah. I'll see if I can get a show. All right, if you live in San Antonio, help no, me. Just- just take me somewhere. Uh, my poo moment is we still are living very, very frugal. We are. Uh, because we don't have hardly any money coming in. I am Uber Eats driving. You are starting a teaching job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have had a few shows with, you know, not like full fee shows, but, you know. God is keeping God us is dependent. keeping us very dependent on him. Mm-hmm. Very we are wandering in the desert, and he is giving us manna, but we would really like to have some more quail. So, no. but No, but it is kind of funny that about the time we get kind of a 
like I see you perk up about something. Mm-hmm. Then we got the email about the electricity bill. Right. And our electricity bill. It's because Texas, y'all, right now Texas is like, I think the temperature, the high today is going to be 98. The heat index is well over 100. And your AC runs all day long. And we've got yeah. kids not going to school during the day. They're all at home. Yeah, electricity is definitely one of the necessary evils right now. Because it breaks it down per week. Mm-hmm. And this week was ridiculous. It and was. Then we, but right after that, about 30 minutes after that, we got a donation uh, from somebody through our podcast and just oh, said, nice. "Hey, here's something for the woo jar, the you know our oh, tip yeah, jar." That's great. And you know that. So yeah, you're right. God's God is blessed. But here's here's my poo moment. You and I have talked about this on the podcast, but we have mice. They started out in our garage. They have uh, moved up into our attic. And I, you're laughing. They're, okay, they're mice that are wearing rat suits mm-hmm. so they look they appear bigger but they're really just tiny they're little eating mice. well in this house they're eating but well. they moved up in our attics i keep putting poison blocks out they're so big that they're picking the blocks up and just and moving them like they're like, just hey, disappearing breakfast is here yeah and or maybe they're using them to build their i have caught fortresses. some i have uh i have disposed of them in several different ways mm-hmm. but they just, it just seems like there's plenty of, like there's a whole. So we will be They're an Italian family. professional pest control this well, week. Well, I was going to fight you on that because uh, the poison is working. Uh, I uh, am, uh, my aim with my pistol is getting very, very mm-hmm. good. I've got that frog gig. Anyway, I don't want to get graphic, but I have, like I have been fighting them off. Right. But last night, Dylan, our kid, got in the shower, turned the water on. And then all of a sudden, he jumps out of the shower. He's soaking wet. He runs toward me, which is not a pretty sight. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, put a towel on. And he runs over, and he's like, there's a roach in the uh, shower. And I'm like, because, again, our kids have grown up different. My mm-hmm. kids grew up, like, hunting and swimming in creeks and catching, yeah, but that's beyond, catching snakes with their hands. That's uncleanly. All that. Your your sons have not, which is totally fine. Just different. And so I'm thinking... It's just a little roach. It's yeah. just a little yeah. palmetto bug. Mm-hmm. And so, but I don't say that. I don't make fun of him. I, Good. I, I, I'm like, okay, I'm glad that he ran to me. And you know, I'm, I'm really glad he didn't jump up in my arms because mm-hmm. he was just out of the shower. Mm-hmm. And so I walk by trying not to look at him. And I walk over and I pull the shower curtain open. And this this roach had a saddle on it. Like it. <laughs> I was like, okay, he's totally justified Mm -hmm. in this fact. So I dispose, I make sure the roach knows Jesus, Mm -hmm. and then uh, I send him to meet him. Mm -hmm. And so I kill the roach, and and I put it in the trash can. And he's like, I think I saw another one. And I was like, no, it's probably the same one. It probably went down the drain and came back up. And so that's the end of my story. (laughs) I'm literally grossed out right now. Please keep going. So I go up this morning, and... He was showering in Xander's bathroom, and Mm -hmm. so I go up to uh, set up the podcast because we're podcasting upstairs, Mm -hmm. and I go into Xander's bathroom, and I look in the trash can, and the roach is there, and I'm like, I really thought I, like, wadded it up in some toilet paper and put it in there, and then I look, and I realize it's another roach Mm -hmm. in the trash can, and it is... Like, I guess having a little funeral service for the roach that's wrapped up in the, it's mummified, like I mummified the, 
the roach I killed yesterday. Oh, and there was another one in there, and it really did look. It kind of okay, made me laugh. I'm putting it on my list. They were. They. It had its hands like it was folded, like it was praying, like it was a little memorial service. And so what I did was I quickly united both of them in the afterworld. But it did make me realize like we're going to have to hire some. I did some research yesterday on pest control and have now made a decision so so you guys have done a great job supporting our podcast how about our extermination (laughs) paypal is bob at bobsmiley.com no we're gonna have to do it no matter what no matter what our money situation is we're gonna have to uh, what do you call it fumigate exterminate what is exterminate for sure we're gonna have to exterminate so it's just an added expense that i wouldn't really anyway that's that's our that's our poo moments what a uh i got good news let's let's get back on good news track Okay, let's go with... We, I got one. Oh. We charted in a brand new place. <laughs> we have... That's funny. It wasn't San Antonio. It wasn't San Antonio. You will you will not chart there for a while. <laughs> we, maybe in October. We'll see what how it goes. But we charted in the Philippines. You said that like, we'll see if I behave. Yeah. I'm not going to behave. You're so not. So There's going to be no trip. You know what? Antonio. Palestine for you. Okay. All right. <laughs> Where did we chart? You get Kilgore. <laughs> No, we. You don't know where Kilgore is. I do. I I did UIL competition. I'm sure you did, but that doesn't mean you I know did, where it is. Uh, poetry writing, headline writing, mm. and uh, poem reading. Mm. Sarah Cynthia Sylvia Stout would not take the garbage out. I still know the poem that I did. Sweetheart. Yes, ma'am. What were we talking about? Uh, so the scout said that he would bring me in, and I thought it was San Antonio, but it wasn't. It was Palestine. Right, but. You were bringing us into the next seg- the segment. Oh, we charted in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are number 67th in comedy podcast in the Philippines. Are there really 65 other podcasts? There's 66, evidently. Oh, Where's your math? You're goodness. about to start teaching? That's why I said 65 six, other. Right, but we're 67. Oh, I thought you said 66. You carry the one. I'm going to have to teach your class, aren't yep, I? Yep, go ahead. Uh, you give it a all shot. All right, so what, uh, and we decided that we were going to, because of time, because I have to edit all this, we're going to keep this podcast uh, to around 45 minutes. And we're at 40 minutes. We're at 43. Uh, do we have an iffy moment? We do have an iffy moment. Would you like to discuss, should Latin be taught in public schools, or is American cheese real cheese? We can we can do both really quick. Okay. Uh so, no, Latin should not be taught in public schools or any school. Latin is not, I know that's going to make all the private schools mad, but I know it's it's the root word and it'll help you on the SAT and stuff like that. I just don't, I don't agree. Like, Latin is a dead language. It nobody's, is not a dead language. Nobody's using it. I'm using it. It's a foundational language. I totally disagree. Okay, we're, you're not going to change my mind. Mm-hmm. I like the letter W, mm-hmm. and any alphabet that doesn't have the W in it, mm-hmm. like where would we? We wouldn't have Waterburger. What you want to just walk around going? Let's go to Atabaga. <laughs> Let's go to Atabaga. Oh. You want to go to Indies? <laughs> Let's go to Ettenwald. Okay, so <laughs> instead of Wet and Wild, can we just do the rest of the podcast no, without Ws? We cannot. What about American cheese? Come on, E can do it. Do you think it's real or not? <laughs> Uh, I think it's real. I don't think it's American cheese. I don't think that cheese has fought for its freedom. I think that cheese is put anywhere that we d- dictate that it does, so there is no freedom. Mm. Uh, I don't think it's ever been dumped in the river. Can I tell you a funny protest? Can I tell you a funny story about American cheese? Yes. So you know how you go to Subway, 
you're familiar with the the, the process. <laughs> Every time that I'm on the road. All right. So you have to pick your bread. You have to pick your cheese, your meat, you know, condiments, all that stuff. Right. So my boys are pretty simple when it comes to what they put on their Subway and burger and all that right. stuff. They look, they pick the most expensive thing on the menu. No, they don't. But Mason got up one day to the Subway. We took him to Subway, went in, and I was going to let them order their own. I'm like, practicing, making eye contact, speaking, right. you know, clearly and all that stuff, doing their own order. And so he got up there and he said he wanted a turkey sandwich. And she said... What kind of cheese would you like? And they don't list it off. And honestly, that's my pet peeve with Subways is their cheeses are not consistent. Sometimes they have stuff. Sometimes they don't. And so he gets up and he says, I want the Texan cheese. (laughs) (laughs) And she says, I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, we just have Swiss provolone and American. And he's like, "Mm, I guess American will do. (laughs) (laughs) That's like our big joke I feel like we're raising him right. When we make grilled cheese or any kind of thing, he's like, do we have any Texan cheese? I'll that take me- Texas That cheese. means American. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Kind of funny. We have our own cheese. Also, you sent me a audio version of somebody's woo moment. Mm-hmm. Was it from M? It was. M, that was super sweet. You guys can actually send in audio clips of your woo moments, and we normally play them. I'm not going to play hers because they got up Sunday morning, and they played one of my videos on YouTube. Of me at a church, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm really grateful. I was honored. She told a funny story because her little baby brother came in and thought that they were watching church, so he was like, uh, "Turn off church, turn off church." And then he started watching me and started laughing and realizing, like, "Oh, this is a different kind of church." Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a great story, Em. But the video that she was watching, I know the video she's talking about. It has a lot of hits, and it's at a church that I've been to several times. But they don't mic the audience. So they put this out on YouTube, and it is the most grueling thing because I'm just walking around on stage, and you hear me talking, but mm-hmm. there's no laughter. Like you can, you just barely hear a little bit of laughter in the faint background because Wait, it's so all through my mind. Wait, so we're not playing our precious fans' audio submission because, because you don't name, get laughter. Because she said the name of the clip, and I don't want people to go watch that clip. Are you that shallow? It's so grueling. If you are put you out that something, shallow? Yes, I'm and not proud we're of that. Playing the clip, I'm not proud we're of playing that. it. All right. You need some humility. Well, you're going to have to learn how to edit this podcast, but let's go ahead and intro it. Here's M's clip. Wasn't that great? Uh, <laughs> no, if you had something that embarrassed you on YouTube. It shouldn't be embarrassing. Like if you messed up or you said a bad word or you did something. But it something makes me like, look horrible because I'm walking around. Right. I say it the punchline. Hold horrible. on. I say the punchline and I pause because there's laughter in the room. And I look like I'm like super cocky as I'm like, yeah, you guys laugh it up. I'll pause. I'll wait. Because there is laughter going on. But on the YouTube clip, it just looks like I'm like. (laughs) Right. But there's thousands of clips of you online. People know that you're funny. I know. So let them watch those. They make you laugh. Right. Seriously, Bob Smiley. So let them watch that stuff. I'm calling you out on that. That's ridiculous. It is not. If you had something that was very embarrassing, you it's would only not embarrassing because you think you don't. You're not getting the accolades. Like that's no, no, what's no, embarrassing. You not, didn't mess up. You did nothing wrong. No, it's it's embarrassing because it looks horrible. Right, but it's not. That's not really what happened. This should be our iffy moment because I totally crazy. disagree. This is that's crazy. I don't agree. All right, I disagree. M, thank you so much for sending in your. Woo moment. She is pretty faithful with 
discussing, sending in her ideas. Are you out now? Nope, I'm I'm in. I just totally disagree with you. Like if it's something that's so super embarrassing, like I I've tried to watch that that video clip because it's got a lot of hits on it, and it is so awkward. And I really, if I didn't really love that church or the people of that church, I would ask them to take it down because it just looks so bad. But if that hadn't been on, she wouldn't have had her moment. Like that's true. Her family was sitting around enjoying it. Like if you're watching it, you're laughing. They're not sitting there listening for laughter. Right, they're listening to your content, and then they're laughing in those spots. Right, but there's so many better clips out there of okay. me and and doing you know and kind of doing the same stuff. I mean, that was a okay, unique show. Okay, take it down. But, uh, well, I don't want to ask them to take it down because they're such a nice church, and they they have a lot of hits from that that video. But and you don't want them to have hits. I don't, but I don't also want to be like hey because that was part of the agreement that they could you know film it and put it on Mm. i just thought that they were going to mic the crowd and so it's like the time i did a youth conference one time and it it just like went really well and then i went back to the green room and xander was back there and he was laughing he was like oh my goodness i've never seen you bomb before and i was like what like i just finished and i was like are you kidding me like they they gave me a standing ovation at the end there was applause breaks all throughout the deal and he was like, what? And so I looked and there was a like a magician up or somebody doing something and they were telling, you know, they were doing jokes too and on the TV in the green room. And again, it was, you were only hearing the mic of the person. So you were not hearing the response of the crowd. And so I watched this guy who I knew was doing well and it looked like he was bombing. Like it looked and it just looked, it looked so. And so Xander watched my whole show thinking, oh my goodness, I've never seen my dad bomb. Like he's bombing. And it was only because he couldn't hear the crowd in the green room. Hmm. Like, it's just a, it's a weird, awkward thing. Anyway, Em, thanks for sending that in and creating our most awkward, iffy moment ever. What's next? What's our topic? Before we get to our topic, I, I'm super distracted because your hair has never looked more beautiful. I'm so glad that you have noticed and read your script word for word that I wrote for you. How does it have such bounce and body? <laughs> like, what, have you been using something that has created just a beauty that I can't turn my head away from? Well, BobSmiley.com, I'm so glad you asked. We actually have a new podcast sponsor. Hallelujah. <laughs> we are sponsored by a product called Monate. Monate is a non-toxic, vegan, naturally-based, anti-aging hair care line that is made in the USA. It is scientifically proven to penetrate all three layers of the hair shaft and heal your hair and scalp from the inside out. The shampoos have a hair regrowth ingredient, and it's literally vitamins and nutrients for your hair. Hair regrowth, guys. Yes. That's important. Yes. It's more important I, to some of us than others. Actually, I to point actually I struggle. I have struggled with uh, hair loss because of thyroid issues. So that's kind of one of the first things that drew me to it. That's yeah. And you saw results, and then you started mm-hmm. using. You wanted me to start using it. Mm-hmm. You started standing over the top of the shower and squirting it down on Let my head. Let it soak in. Yeah. Now rub it in. Now setting a timer. Bob hasn't been quite as consistent with it, but over the last three years, I've seen a huge change. In my hair, so we wanted to introduce you guys to the number one luxury hair care line in the world, and they were recently launched in the UK. They meet all European standards for cosmetic 
ingredients, which is huge because in the U.S. there's a couple of hundred ingredients that are banned in cosmetics. Yeah. That means makeup, shampoo, and everything. In um, Europe, there's over 1,200. So they're much more... Like, U.S. will allow carcinogens a certain level and toxic ingredients into our products. And so these are very, very clean. Um, whether you are thick or thin, oily, dry, frizzy, man or woman, child, and they even what have What does weight have to do products. with it? We have a product for you. It is not a one-size-fits-all. So if you are interested and you want your custom product recommendations, email us at hooklineandsmiley at gmail.com, hooklineandsmiley at gmail.com. Personal testimony, you got me some hair gel or it's clay that you use to style your hair. Mm -hmm. It's the best thing I've ever had in my life. Like it's, So they have a, a whole bunch of stuff. Also, guys, if you want to woo your wife, if you want to give her her best woo moment of the week... Just order, a, like, email Sarah, again, hooklineandsmiley at gmail.com, and she'll set you up with, like, a little package deal that you can just surprise your wife. If you want your wife to make you an incredible sandwich this week, all you have to do is email Sarah, and we will set you up. I would actually encourage the wives to email, too, because there's skincare, there's, and it's everything, like, it's not just one size fits all, like I said. So there's yeah, a lot of different products for... Your hair type. I'm constantly, though, seeing people out in public and even on, you know, TV and stuff. I'm like, oh, they need Monate. Their hair would be so much thicker. So if whether you've processed it forever and colored it or you're just looking for a new lift or regrowth, we'd love to help you. So Monate products, send us an email. And it helps support our podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, let's get to our topic. Our topic is... This is a great segue. Personality. Oh, let's like do it. Introverted and extroverted tendencies, and then also diving into the Enneagram. But I'm honestly exhausted. I really wanted to try to stick to 45 minutes, <laughs> and we've already been in here an hour. Okay. So I'm, I'm just going to feed off of you. Like, okay, so she made me take a test to see what if I was introverted or extroverted, right? Mm -hmm. And what do you think I was? Forced it down your throat. I think that you're extroverted. That's what I would have thought. Mm -hmm. Okay, the results were I was 47% extroverted mm -hmm. and 53% introverted. And I took it uh, several times and that's what it said, is that I am less extroverted than I am introverted. And so I actually, I thought about that a lot. And I went back and I thought, you know, like what I was like in high school and college and stuff. And... I really do retreat a lot. So I, in fact, in high school, they, they sometimes would call me like drive-by Bob and where because I would go by the lunchroom table. I would drop a couple of jokes and then I would leave. Or if there was a group standing around, I would go by, I would jump into the conversation, I would say some funny stuff, and then I would leave. Like I never really, truly like wanted to be a part of any group or, you know, be in the center of attention. I wanted to come in like, a scatter a bunch of jokes out, get some laughs, and then and then leave. And then I've always been very comfortable, like being by myself. Wait, so did you wait for the laughter? Huh? Yeah. Did you wait for the laughter? Yeah, because you have to you have to leave on a big a big laugh. Okay. So you have to go. You you know you bring joy to people. You make them laugh, and then when you you get that, you feel like you got your big laugh. Then you leave. And I was on tour with Phil Joel, a really good friend of mine, and we've known each other for a long time. And about halfway during the tour, you know, we'd all eat lunch together because they would cater it. We'd all get together. We'd eat lunch. And then I started to get up one day right after lunch 
And his wife, Heather, was like, oh, you leaving us? And Phil goes, yeah, Bob needs his alone time after lunch every day. I was like, what's he talking about? And I started thinking about it like I do. Like if I go and I spend lunch with the whole tour for a little while, I have to, I feel like I have to go away and do my own thing for a little while. So I, it, I do think it is a balance of, you know, a little bit more introverted than extroverted, which I think would surprise a lot of people. Yeah, what I've heard is that it's how you refuel, you know, so if you get to, the, let's say, I know you have to imagine this, but you have like a nine to five job and you worked all day and you get to the end of the day, where are you going to refuel by like meeting some friends for, you know, dinner? Are you going to refuel by having, you know, close friends over? Are you going to refuel by, you know, being alone, drinking some tea, sitting on the porch, you know, like how are you going to regenerate your energy basically? So would you say it is being alone? That's how you re- regenerate your energy? I think you were right right on. I, I didn't think about that, but I think that's exactly what happens. Because when I go out, do a big show, I talk to people for you know an hour after the show. Uh, I'm surrounded by people all the time. I'm in the airport. I'm, I'm always surrounded by people. And so when I get home, I think that's actually why... Because you notice that I don't have a lot of local friends that I hang out with. Like I have like one... <laughs> that I, you know, mm-hmm. stay in contact with, you know, daily or, you know, at least weekly. But I don't have a lot of local friends. Most of my friends are comedians that, you know, we talk to on the phone. But I don't have people that whenever I get home, I want to go hang out with these people. And it's nothing against the people around here. It's just I think I go out, I give, give, give. I, I get all my extroverted stuff out doing my job. And then when I come home, I just want to be with my family in my house, I just want to be introverted. I want to refuel and and not be, you know, out e- exposed, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So I think I think exactly right. I think it probably phases into your Enneagram number a little bit too. Because yeah. you don't have very many people that you're your authentic, like safe, real self with. Like yeah. You don't you know what I mean? Right. You just have a few people and most of them are in this house. One of them is. Well, <laughs> I would say most of all of them are in this room right now (laughs) which is just you yeah yeah because yeah people I mean it's not like I'm hiding things but you know I don't really like ketchup I love to spend money Uh, I will leave a roll of toilet paper in a hotel that I bring from home so there's a little bit of difference of what I than what I put out Mm -hmm. is my Mm -hmm. no none of that's true no that's true that's true so tell me about your thoughts on like when you very first heard about the Enneagram, like which I'm guessing was through me. Yeah, I think it was. I brought it up and I was reading books and like just diving in, just soaking it up like a sponge and wanting to get to know, you know, more about myself, get to know more about you and like describe kind of your approach slash reaction to some of that. So I've never liked these personality quizzes at all. I've, I don't think that you can positively identify people's personality characteristics based on a line of questions. Uh, I've throughout my life taken personality quizzes before and I my problem is it's multiple choice. So it's not, you know, fill in the blank. So it's like, would you rather be put in a New Year's Eve party where you're on stage having to lead everybody in a song or would you rather be in your closet drinking wine? 
And I'm like, no, there's a happy medium between there. Like, they all seem to be real extreme mm-hmm. uh, questions. The the quizzes that I've taken in mm-hmm. the past. And there's so many quizzes that I would read and I'd be like. That was Are You an Alcoholic? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a different quiz that I was so, taking. That what had anything to do with personality. Yeah, that was right after my divorce. He <laughs> <I> was <laughs> taking some other different quizzes. But I've always had a problem with that of uh, you read these multiple choice. And I'm like, well, then now I'm going to get categorized because there's not an option of what I would pick. Mm-hmm. You know, are, do you like to go run or would you rather read a book? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'd rather be hunting or I'd rather be, you know, like mm-hmm. there's so many other things either or. And so I've never really liked these personality tests because I honestly feel that God has made us all completely individual mm-hmm. and you can't really pigeonhole it. Mm-hmm. So that being said, the Enneagram really did kind of blow my mind of, oh, that's, it's pretty accurate. Like it really does. It, I do feel like there's enough questions. Uh, there's enough description about what each number is that, that really does. It, it, it's a broad scope. It's broad enough that it's, it's not pigeonholing you into one small little category. Does that make sense? Right. And here's what here's what makes me a fan of the Enneagram, and I can't believe I'm actually saying those words, but I like that they present a healthy version of your number and a non-healthy version mm-hmm. of your number, because all these personality tests is this is who you are and that's it, and there's no room for growth or room for improvement or it it's just like is what it is. this is what it is. You know, we we talked about that. We have or we've had friends in the past that are like. Well, you know, that's me. I'm blunt. Sorry if it hurts your feelings, but that's just who I am. Don't ask me if you don't want to know the truth. And I'm like, no, you can have some cooth. Yeah. You know, you can't just say that's just who I am. So the Enneagram gives you, this is this is who you are, but here's a healthy version of you, or here's an unhealthy <clears throat> version of you. And the unhealthy is where you, you know, don't drink enough water, so you can't really talk without mm-hmm. having to clear your throat. But that's what I like. So that was that was my first kind of jump in and so I want to expound on that a little bit because the Enneagram is really not personality so the Enneagram what made what attracted me so I love personality tests but mostly just to see if they can guess what I already know I am (laughs) like I've always (laughs) been pretty self-aware and it probably plays into my uh number because I I have to be known I have to be 100% known I'm very out there if I met a listener you know at one of your shows I would be the exact same person as you know my friends at work tonight like I just I'm very out there with everything and so I would usually take personality tests just for fun like let me see if they can figure out who I am yeah I already know it and you like to figure out other people too I do but and we'll get into that okay but the thing about the Enneagram is that it's about your motivation. And so it's more of not your personality because I think your personality can change in different situations and crisis and things like that. But Enneagram is like what truly at your core, how God made you, what motivates you. Some people are super motivated by accolades and success. Some people are super motivated by being viewed as an individual. Some people are super motivated by um, just being able to express all of their feelings. And so the, each each number on the Enneagram, it's just kind of a core, I don't know, like just how they filter life, what their, what their filter is. And like you alluded to, that can be a healthy filter, as we know. It can be an unhealthy filter. And it's not, 
you don't have to stay there. That's what's encouraging to me as someone that has been through a lot of trials and struggles and, and stresses and crisis. Um, it, it was really, really healing for me to think back on myself as maybe a 16, 15 year old or even earlier and go, okay, which one of these do I identify with the most? Like when I was just kind of my pure self before life kind of happened, like what, where would I go? And it, so it kind of validated some of who I was and then it gave me, um, and as we talk about numbers, we'll find out why, but it gave me hope for like how I can be a better person, like Mm -hmm. how I can be. So if that's my motivation, then this is what it looks like. Like you're saying Christ centered. This is what it looks like when I'm kind of in my flesh, you know, doing my own thing, um, apart from God. So I, I do like the Enneagram. I like that it's, um, integrated with scripture and with my faith. Um, just before we go any bit, any further, I wanted to point the listeners to a couple of things. Um, Beth McCord is kind of how um, I got into some of this, and I found her through Annie F. Downs' podcast. That's called it's called That Sounds Fun, and she does an Annie a summer where she interviews two people, female and male, of each number. And she did that last year, and she did that this year. So if you take a test, and you kind of think you know who you are, uh, what your motivation, what your number is. Go listen to those. And I found that really helpful, like identifying. And then she has a uh, Instagram called Your Enneagram Coach. And she has really, really great posts on there. And I actually purchased her course a couple years ago and like read it all through. So it's not just about me. It's about once I figured out like what you are (laughs) and we figured out what you are and you kind of confirm that. um, It's been so rich for us because I'll go through and say, is this important to you it, this is what this says is this what motivates you or is this bug you and you would go through and say yes no yes 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 and so as soon as I found some of that out to me it's just like from a loving place like why wouldn't I want to know what's important to you and what makes you tick and and if it doesn't if it's not you like you're saying that it's kind of threatening to like not fit into a pattern that's fine but if it's there and you know now, like, let's just be better versions of what our numbers are and then and then use it towards our advantage. Because you can definitely use it as a weapon. Um, or you're just that way because you're a six. Or you're just that way yeah. because you're a two or whatever. But, like... But, like, I'll give an example. So, okay. uh, I'm a three. And we tend to, whenever we're in conflict or when uh, something... We, we just don't like something... We tend to move it away from emotion, and in our and we move it to our head. Mm-hmm. Uh, we th- just think of it very logically. Usually, think of it very quickly, and you know can come to a decision of how to react or you know what the solution is. And it's not motivated by our heart or emotions or anything. We just move it to our head very quickly. I mean, that's been a great survival technique, uh, getting through you know trauma and stuff. But then that's a bad thing. Whenever you're dealing with, uh, you know, a spouse about things that are important to you, you know, or things that are going on with the kids or stuff like that, uh, it the tendency to move it to my head and not, you know, have emotions evolved uh, or, you know, to be sensitive to, you know, what's going on a little bit more, just to be more like, no, this is logically what we need to do. <laughs> well, there's, you know, there's a better way to present that. So learning that that's a tendency of mine 
helps me process stuff and not just be like, oh, no, I know what the solution is. Let's just do that because that solves our problem. It's like, okay, what is what needs to happen on the journey to that solution? And I've seen. Yeah, I've seen with you that that tendency to kind of logical logically approach like I love logic I'm all about like what makes sense but what I've seen develop in you over the last few years is your ability to stop and process how you're actually feeling you weren't doing that very well like you weren't stopping long enough to like well this is the situation and this is how I'm supposed to respond and this is what I'm supposed to do and you would go into like task mode like this is what I this is what I have to do versus like Okay, how did I how do I feel like about that? So very often with with us, whether it's in conflict or just in normal life, like just normal discussion about making decisions, I will ask several times the same question over and over again to make sure that you're slowing down enough and you're understanding that I want to know how you feel about something. Don't tell me what I want to hear, don't tell me what you think I want you to feel and say and do like And I'm a very strong personality, so that can be hard because we fall into the roles of, like, you being kind of more passive and people-pleasing with me. But also, I think that the danger is resentment because you're like, I've done all this stuff, you know, and you haven't really attuned to your own feelings and your own responses. Um, so, So knowing that about you, instead of using that as a weapon and knowing, you know, what motivates you... I need to provide more of an environment for you to be vulnerable. That's a hard thing for you to be. Whereas vulnerability for me is like breathing. Like, let me just throw it all out there. It's really difficult for you. And so instead of being um, critical, which is what I tend to go to in unhealth, I need to provide more of an environment where you can, you know, open up and share. and, and, And honestly, we've had some of the most beautiful like you are just as rich emotionally as you are like out in the world creative and humorous. Um, I thought you were going to say physically. I was like, yeah. No, you're like a very, you're a very deep person. And when you slow, like when you give yourself time to think and process and when I shush long enough and stay calm, like you, you have so, so much insight and so much, um, just jewels of wisdom for me that like would have been totally glossed over because you're just trying to perform a to somebody's expectation you know so this is what a good husband's supposed to do so I'm going to do it and instead of like well let's slow down and see what works for you and so that's what works for me so I think just being motivated by love as we go through this and not let me figure you out so I can twist it and use it and call you more accurate names you know like (laughs) you don't want to you don't want to do that so let me just go through a few things that I notes that I wrote about you and we kind of talked about this before and then and you confirmed it but um this came from Beth McCord's stuff from her uh Enneagram oh she knows me course she definitely knows you so (laughs) the type three is called successful achiever Mm -hmm. which is definitely you um your biggest fears are feeling worthless, being a failure and being unsuccessful. So and coconut and knowing that, yeah, coconut knowing and bad coffee, knowing that I can either lord that over you. If I was in a place of not loving you, I could, Hey, if 
your biggest fear is feeling worthless and feeling like a failure, I can point out all the ways that you are worthless and are a failure and crumble you into a million pieces in five seconds. Or I can go anytime I'm going to tune my heart and my brain and my mind to any little success or way that you are meeting my needs, providing for our family, being successful at your job. And I can highlight those things so that you, so your fears are subsided. Now, as an outside person, like that's what I can do with you from an internal perspective, from a spiritual perspective, you have to find your worth in who Christ says that you are. And you have to realize that you have nothing. You bring nothing. Like my dad says, the the base of the cross is level. Like everybody comes at the same level. And so you can achieve a million hits on a video or zero you can do comedy or do uber eats for a living like it doesn't god doesn't see you any any differently it's just about your heart so that's kind of a cool thing this this is cool too so the enneagram has wings so whatever number your wings have to be like what touches so the numbers next to it so two would so be if a i'm three i could either be two or four two or four right and so when we are going through the wings I read three with the wing of four. And you can touch into both of them throughout your life, but there's definitely kind of a bent usually. And the three wing two is called a star, which just like, <laughs> duh, that's what you are. And it says you're sociable, popular, encouraging, center of attention, and seductive. That's right. That's why we didn't start this podcast until much <laughs> later this definitely morning. definitely encouraging. I appreciate that. Yeah. And so... Like, it, to me, it's just like, yeah, you are, you're in the perfect career for, for your gifts and how God made you and what motivates you. And so th- anyway, there's just, there's just so much like richness here, but I wanted to highlight how the things that it says, your message, well, well, let me see the part. Oh, how to get along with you. So I read through the list of how to get along with you. And I said, Hey, I'm going to read this. And if this is true, cause I want to know. Say yes. And I think then I changed the rules on you, but you did. Tell me that you like being around me. Tell me that you're proud of me. Don't interrupt me when I'm working. Um, Be honest, but not unduly critical with your feedback. And help me try to keep my surroundings peaceful and harmonious. So some of these things instinctually, I just started doing. Like I would say, I'm trying to keep surroundings peaceful and harmonious. That's a hard job in a house full of six boys and a male dog. But then the one that said, be honest without being unduly critical with feedback, like that's my weakness. Like I'm a one, I'm a perfectionist. And so I always want to come into, I can fix things. I can come into a situation and like try to find every, I know instantly everything that I think is wrong with it. So it's been a real challenge for me to, take that critical spirit and filter it through really the gospel and like like God made me that way God made me that's my I'm a one but how do I express that to you in love and in a helpful way and so we've we're learning but there was something that I read do you remember I when we did the you test, said it about interrupting me while I'm working because I need to feel successful while I'm working and you realize that you and it comes from a sweet place but I'll be like I'm gonna go write and you're like okay and I get about 40 seconds of writing time and then you're like 
hey, uh, do you want a sandwich? Do you want or do you, do you want me? And I was like, you know, I could write better if you're not sitting in my lap. Can you add uh, butter to the grocery list? Like it's a random. I'm always like you're reaching out to me, and <sighs> I think it's because you just like we want to be around each other all the time because we spent so much of our life without each other. And so we just cling to each other. But there's a time where I have an Average Boy article due, and I also have 87 texts to read. Uh, that was the funniest thing, though, because I read that, and it said, it said, you know, don't interrupt me when I'm working. And I, in my mind, I'm like, well, that's not Bob, because all he does, because you are slightly ADD, and so you can do, like, multiple things at once. Yeah. But I noticed, and I, and I did say, I've said to you multiple times, like, Handy asks you this question, but don't get up. Don't go get it. Just tell me where it is or just answer the question. Like, I don't, you know, I don't need you to do a full blown leave your desk, walk around the house, whatever. So I've kind of like sensed that already, but I was like, oh, but he doesn't mind being interrupted. Then when I read that, you're like, uh, yes, that's a big one. Yeah, that's a huge oh, one. But, but, but you, the interruption, you say it's not, you know, you'll be like, don't get up, but um, have you seen. The kiss that you were going to put on my lips. No. Don't feel like you need to come in here. No. There's a Hansel and Gretel trail leading you into. Whatever. Yeah. It's. But that that is something that. And I wouldn't say anything because you're supposed to be my priority. But when I sit down and I'm trying to work, you do have a tendency to want to like. But you're that way with everybody. The kids are running around. You're hopping up and getting involved with that. The yeah, I'm a provider. So that is one part of my personalities. I feel like I need to provide and I feel like I need to take care of everybody's problem. And But I also think you're just ADD and distracted. Right. But just, I'm saying that one of the points is if, you know, my kids come in and they're, they're like, um, hey, you know, where is this? I'm going to get up and go make sure they find it because I feel like I have to be the problem solver. You know, I'm kind of the go-to leader. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the so that's what I'm saying. The healthy part of it is, like, me being able to say, yeah, when I when I sit down to work, it'd be nice to be able to just work and not be interrupted, like, all the time. So I'm starting to realize, like, it's okay to tune the kids out. If they're asking, I can just say, you know, well, go look for it now. I'm working, and I'll, I'll get to it whenever, yeah. whenever I can. And the moral of the story is that we need to install doors. On yes. your office. Yeah, I do need a door. Yeah. But we have to pay for extermination now. Well, after we get rid of roaches, I'll build you a door. Okay. Um. Okay, so d- can I go into my... Do you mm-hmm. want to read my notes on me? Sure. Since I've been talking a lot. What is that? It's a card, a love card you gave me, and I just keep it in my podcast uh-huh. notes. It just slid out, and I didn't recognize my handwriting. A Valentine's oh, it's Valentine's. Mm-hmm. All right, where are your notes? Holy moly. Um, can I only read 12 pages of hey, these? Hey, you wanted me to be prepared for the podcast, so where, I'm prepared. Where, where am I reading? Where it says number one, moral perfectionist. That's kind of where I started. Enneagram one, mm-hmm. moral reflectionist, fear. Perfectionist. You, she wrote in sometimes cursive. <laughs> I just corrected cursive. you. <laughs> you look like you wrote with your left foot. Mm. Fear. Bad, wrong, condemned, unreadable, unredeemable. Sorry. Un desire, integrity, balance, virtuous, ethical. Those are my okay. You're going through it too fast. I don't. Well, these are your notes. I, don't I know. know. So, if, like, like, if you looked at my set list, you wouldn't know what bits I'm doing. Yes, I would. Okay. Okay. So your main fears, your, your core fears, is what that is. Remember, I read yours. So yes. look at your notes on the other side for number three. Okay. 
and and kind of compare it. So your core fears, my core fears. So yours is is being bad, mm-hmm. which sometimes is good, <laughs> and being wrong. Mm-hmm. So you don't like you don't like to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Condemned. You don't like to like feel like you're being condemned mm-hmm. or that you're worthless mm-hmm. uh, and unredeemable. That was a mm-hmm. big thing when I first met you. Mm-hmm. Like the fear of not yeah, I guess it is a fear of uh, that you're too messed up mm-hmm. for God to to use you. Like you said certain times, like uh, you've had the, the voice in your head of like, oh, yeah, he loves you. But if if only you knew, like mm-hmm. if only Bob knew really what all I've done. Well, then, and that, you know, that kind of thing. Well, and that feeds into my desire to be like authentic with everyone because I don't like s- surface level friendships. Yeah. You're pretty good at that. Like you like to kind of keep things. Well, I lived in yourself. Nashville for five years. <laughs> They teach you how to do that. But I'm trying to learn a balance between, you know, being authentic and being being vulnerable. So Yeah. Yeah. And but being I, unredeemable. I, I mean, when when you've been through stuff, you know, like that was a big deal of me is I after my divorce I felt so broken also to, to be, you know, not even just divorced, but to, you know, be replaced. Like, mm-hmm. oh well I found somebody, you know, better. You know, what, and even, you know, whatever it was, financial or whatever, like it still messes with your brain of like, oh, I'm not, I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, and I'm not redeemable. I'm not, I don't have anything to offer. And that does just mess with your head. Mm-hmm. So I can see that being a big fear. But your desire is to have integrity, mm-hmm. to have balance in your life, like mm-hmm. a good balance of everything. That's true. Uh, virtuous. To, was, appear, to appear virtuous. Yeah. Yeah. To appear virtuous, but to not really be. You know what I mean. Virtuous and ethical, mm-hmm. and you do strive to be ethical, even in little things. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do admire that. So you're a one wing two, and you're the advocate. Mm-hmm. So you're basically is that like a cheerleader? Um, yeah, I I'm advocating for change. Like there's always. Ways so to you're improve. like a spokesperson. There's always ways to improve. Yeah. That, so okay. Anything, I was going to say anything and everything. If, what do the notes say on that? I don't know if cheerleader is your because it's you, not cheerleader. It's it's not you, but you advocate for to make helper. things better. Have a little helper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Helpful. Vocal. Agree with that. Definitely agree with that. Critical. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, fiery mm-hmm. and action oriented. Yes. You are not afraid to jump in. Not and, afraid of conflict. Right. Not afraid to take charge. But I think with age, too, I can also, I'm getting better at, like, letting things go and staying in my lane. Just, honestly, just being tired. This will help people. <laughs> I Honestly, I think like, people, we, we've we used this. This is just to take a moment in a, he, you know, in conflict or whatever you want to rush in and go, okay, what's eternal? You're still in my line. I, yes, I, no, I'm, I'm saying that you, you came up with that. That's, that's how I keep like you pull yourself away and you go, what is eternal and what is what is the facts? And so so, so many times we yeah, what is true? What mm-hmm. we've had conflict and you're like, OK, what is what is eternal? OK, the thing we're arguing about is not eternal. Mm-hmm. It's just something we disagree on. And what is the facts? The facts is he loves me and he's probably right. No. And so those are the two things. Say. Yeah. Uh, so it says weakness is resentment, criticism. Doing my best is all that is required since Christ lived the perfect life on my behalf. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the redemptive. What it, what did she call that? Uh, then you wrote sin quizzes you want no, us no, to no, take. No, 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 no. It was 
Oh, that's like our core. That's like our balance. So yeah. that's what balances us. Doing my best is all that is required since Christ lived the perfect life on my behalf. Mm-hmm. So even if I don't get it all right or I don't get everybody else right yeah, around which, me that I'm doing life, like I'm is, still, she's a tribe. they're still lovable. They're still fully accepted by Christ. I'm still lovable and fully accepted by Christ. And what I'm realizing as I'm going I'm just going to call it a healing journey, and I don't think I'll be healed until I see Jesus face to face. But as I go through more and more healing, I realize the more that I uh, accept, you know, Christ as the as the presentation of me to God, like he doesn't see me. He sees, you know, Jesus blameless and blemishless. And so that doesn't mean that I can just do whatever I want to do and let it go completely, you know, justify. But that I'm I'm loved. I'm fully loved and acceptable and I'm totally redeemed. And so that gives me a confidence honestly to love other people. It also gives me a tendency towards grace and forgiveness pretty quick. Now, you will agree that I am highly critical and can find 90 ways to improve anything or any situation or any room or any person pretty quickly. But what you don't see and what people don't see with ones is that I have a strong running tally in my head of my failures. Like, yeah, I the tape is exhausted on like if you said, hey, Sarah, name your faults. I'd be like, give me 90,000 pieces of paper and a pencil and a sharpener because I'm going to I can get to that quick. But if you don't dive into all that, then you don't know that because my perception of you when we started dating was not only were you very opinionated but you thought absolutely your opinions were right and that goes into in the healthy stage of that you're just trying to help mm-hmm. you're and but you also you think the way to do something is absolutely right so to watch you soften and go okay what's the healthy view of that to go well no the silverware needs to go in this this order. This is the way that it absolutely it makes sense. This is the way it should be for you to go. Okay, what's eternal? Is this an eternal thing, or can I just move the forks over to where I think they need to be, and and not be so yes and no over opinionated? Well, I don't I don't think it's opinionated. I think if you buy a silverware tray that has all the <laughs> slots in it, this example is going to go. You don't just throw wrong. them all in there. No, but let's go back to no, because I'm going to get my feelings hurt. Let's go back to your need for not getting interrupted and working. It's kind of the same thing. Like it doesn't, I don't get that. Like I, I, you know, but I, to love you in the best way and support you and you getting your work done. I want to build doors on the office. I want to tell the kids to stay away. I want to set a timer and go, okay, write notes of things you want to talk to him about. Don't interrupt him for 40 minutes. I don't want to, that's not eternal. You getting interrupted or not getting interrupted right. is not eternal. So that that statement I, only needs to be used with like heavy conflict items. Right, but I think we're saying the same thing because what I'm saying is... But like let's go ahead and train the kids right. to look at a silverware drawer with six slots in it and we have six types of silverware. And look, look, if you put it all separately in each slot, when you need a small spoon, they're right there. You don't have to dig through all the forks. Right, but here, here was my point that I was headed toward. Okay. But I think you have a little bit more grace now in that. So you have the way that it should be, and that's more most efficient. You have your opinion that this is how it should should go. And now you're like, 
this is this is what I would like it to be. This is this will help me in the kitchen, but you have more grace because it's not an eternal thing. So if if no, one of the kids, thing, but I get my feelings hurt, and, and I'm like, oh, nobody cares, right? But if one of the kids, and by one feelings. of the kids, I mean me, mm-hmm. puts the big fork in the small fork slot, mm-hmm. like you don't lose it. You're just like you know, it goes over here, and we're we're trying to make it better. Like we're and trying to, to be do that. fair. I moved into mass chaos where. That's not true. Towels had, aren't folded. Silverware's thrown in. We had a good system. The silverware Junk was stuck to every the silverware appliance. was put on the kitchen table, so it was always out where we could get it. In fact, I've been thinking about that. Why don't we have a basket like we my parents do at the farm, and we just put it in the basket? That was our system. We remember we had those that glass jar on the kitchen table that had all our silverware in it. No. You don't remember that? That's we had a glass jar in the middle of our table, and we just put all our silverware in there. Okay, so that it was stresses me out. Always it doesn't there. need all go in one slot. It would have to be divided up. That's the only way I could handle it. Okay, you don't remember getting rid of that? No. Okay, I'm so glad that I did though. You did. Oh gosh, we were like, oh, okay, it stresses I guess we're me out. Think about it all it. in the drawer. But realize that while you're fighting me on some of this, or we are combative about some of it. Part of what helps you or what you need help with is having a harmonious, harmonious, peaceful atmosphere. Well, that's a great like example. You fuel chaos like you are all about chaos and, and disorderliness and you're just all about it. But really at your core, you benefit from some routine and from some calm and from some orderliness. And so I think you've realized, too, like I've realized well, I won't justify it, but I think you've realized that you do benefit from some of that. Like if we put all the towels orderly, nicely in the right place and that you can go in that closet and you're not going to get a pile of or an array of all sizes of towels fall on you. Like there's your bath towel, you know? Yeah. Well, the silverware thing in the, in the kitchen table is actually a great example. We just kind of stumbled on that, but. You, you, it drove you crazy to have, just have all the silverware in the center of the I table. I don't even remember having that emotion. I can't believe you don't remember I that. I honestly don't think that that existed when I moved in. It did because you wanted it moved. You wanted everything in the drawers, all the silverware in the drawers. And I was like, you know what? That That's probably a good system. Like, it's not just out. They're not getting, you know, picked up and just left laying out all, mm-hmm. o- all you know, all around. Uh, you know, it's, it, this is, you came in and made a better system for our kitchen. And so we worked together, of, and I didn't care. Like, it wasn't an eternal thing. So I was just like, you know. Y'all were in survival mode, baby, in a lot of ways. It was so great. It was you fun, needed, though. No, it wasn't great. It was great. Can we just be honest? Please. It really was. Be authentic about it. There were, there were great not, parts of it. Right. So let's be authentic about it. Seriously, that's what we were saying. Like, like we had this chaotic, like, the silverware now is not getting just, like, scattered everywhere. Like, it all went in a drawer, and that was a better system. Cool. But we would have never done that. So, that's that's all. I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah, we are. We're on the same page. Okay. So, the other thing is says, be fair and considerate, first listen, then help me lighten up. What are are you reading mean? under you, or are you reading under me? I'm reading under, under you. It says, you are good... How to get along and share responsibility. So remember I read how to get along with you Mm -hmm. and had that list of different things and you said yes or no on those. Yeah. So that that's what that section is. How to get along with me. And then you said help me lighten up and I figured, you know, as much as God's brought so many great characteristics through you to help me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like that's a thing that that's a big thing that that God's brought me to you is just to lighten up because mm-hmm. there was, you know, I mean, you've been through a lot. And so I do think your you know, your tendency is more toward I don't want to say doom and gloom, but, you know, it's not to look for the laughter and everything. Mm hmm. And I do think that that's lighting up because that's the other thing that you are very funny. Like you are very, very funny. And I think you'd kind of lost your joke machine along the way for a while. Yeah. Uh, survival. Yeah. Survival mode. So uh, how do you want to end? What if we just had a real awkward end? Huh? Yeah. Okay. We've got a new sponsor. And it is Monet. We are now selling the product. Is that? But the that's not how we were going to do it. You were going to do a joke. Remember? I got really distracted early on because your hair is so gorgeous. Like, what happened? I forgot what I was supposed to say. <laughs> huh?